are the Sharks actually the worst team in the NHL? Going to dive into that discussion. Plus, Henry Thrun gets sent to the Barracuda. So all that and more on today's episode. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at Inside the Rink. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen, probably a part of the Locked on Network. We cover your team every day. If you want to be an everyday, all you have to do is follow along wherever you get podcasts or you can subscribe on YouTube as well or do both. Both is great. Uh, So today we're going to be kind of digging into a question that was posed to me on the old Twitter, um, our good friend of the show, Hal, who asked, he asked, are the Sharks actually the worst team in the NHL? Um, This was mid-game against the Hurricanes when the Sharks were kind of holding their own. And of course, we know that the Sharks kind of collapsed. So we're going to dig into the numbers very early into the season, um, look at some early trends and see where the Sharks, there's room for improvement or there might be room or there might be some regression coming. And then we'll get to Henry Thrun and what it means for him going back to the Barracuda and how in the long run this is probably going to be the best thing for him as of right now. Uh, But before we do all that, do need to let you know that today's episode is brought to you guys by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So the Sharks, are they the, they currently are second to worst team. If you look at the standings, um, old tankathon Seattle, um, and them are tied with one point. Uh, Seattle's actually played four games. So they have the points per game has Seattle at the worst team right now. Um, and then you have Nashville, Arizona, Buffalo, Columbus, Winnipeg, Florida, Edmonton, Tampa Bay, running at the top. 10 uh at least when it comes to points per game uh and some of these teams are definitely not like edmonton florida we don't expect those teams to be bottom 10 teams uh tampa bay you know i know they're missing vasilevsky and they will be better as the season gets on right and you expect some teams to kind of maybe come back to the pack a little bit right uh right now if the the season to say chicago would be in a lottery spot like i don't expect chicago to be a or sorry they'd be a playoff team i don't expect them to be a playoff team you know the blues have gotten out to a pretty strong start as well but they've only played two games i expect them to be a lottery team as well like yes it's very early in the season and things are funny right now it's but you have to be worried about some of the trends that we're seeing from the Sharks and, you know, looking at, you know, shot attempts, um, Corsi, uh, expected goals, all that stuff. Um, the Sharks, again, I know it's three games and they have played a murderer's row, right? Uh, of their schedule. They played Vegas, uh, 
literally the defending cup champion. You played Colorado, which has one of the best offenses in the league. Um, and then you played the Carolina Hurricanes, who have been, you know, a, a great team for the past couple of seasons and are the odds on favor to win the cup this year. And it doesn't get easier uh, on Thursday night when you play the Bruins, who were literally the best team in uh, NHL history when it came to the regular season last year. But there's some concerning, concerning trends as the Sharks season has started to get underway. Um, the Sharks are dead last in Corsi 4. So Corsi 4 measures how many shot attempts you take compared to how many shot attempts you give up. Um, they're at 34.41% at 5 on 5 even strength. Um, they have attempted 96 shot attempts, which is fourth last. Um, but the three teams below them have only played two games. And I think the Caps are playing literally right now as I speak. Um, and then you have the Ducks and the Blues have also only played two games. The Corsi allowed um, is 183, uh, which is fourth worst and then the three teams in front of them are the blackhawks the lightning and the kraken who have all played four games um the sharks are not controlling the pace of the game and this was something that we worried about going into the season is if they can continually get the puck out of the zone and create sustained offense and um that's something that eric carlson did wonderfully right was transporting the puck from his own zone into the offensive zone uh, efficiently and setting up the offense for to attack. Um, the Sharks right now just don't have anybody with that skill set on the blue line. Um, and it's tough for forwards to have to kind of go back even further into their own zone and then get the puck and then carry it or dump it in or do whatever uh, to get it in their own zone. Half the time, they're basically their shift is over. They have to get to the blue line uh, or get to the red line, dump it in. And then you're basically starting at square one all over again. Um, it's it's just a tough go for the Sharks right now. And they have the reason why it's probably not worse right now is because Mackenzie Blackwood has been standing on his head. And I know he gave up six on uh, Tuesday night to the Carolina Hurricanes, but uh, Blackwood kept them in that game for a long stretches. And there was you know what the sharks didn't have double digit shots till midway through the second period um almost at the end of the second period um be like that is just not a way to live and yes the schedule will eventually get a little bit easier and we might be able to see the sharks get some more sustained offense but even against the best teams right bad teams still have stretches of play where they have sustained offense and are able to string a couple of shifts together you just haven't been able to see that from the Sharks. It's been very kind of one and done, right? They get in, maybe they get a shot or two, and then they spend the next 35, 45, um, a minute, minute and a half in their own zone. And the, it's it's a tough way to try to win games. And I there is there is a path to improvement. We'll we'll look at some of the ways that the sharks could improve here in a little bit, and some of the ways where you might see some regression. Um, but right now, I think it's hard to not look around the league and think the sharks are one of the worst teams in the NHL just because of the way this roster is constructed, with their inability. Yes, 
everyone, you know, people like defensive defensemen who can stop the puck. But when you play, you know, you're playing 50, 60, 70% of the time um, in your own zone. Like it's, it's an impossible task to ask guys to defend that long. And I, it, and again, we haven't even really seen like, we've seen a little bit of injuries, but like, but not much on the blue line. What if Blackwood gets hurt? What if Capocacan gets hurt? Like, what if guys start getting hurt more? Uh, we've seen some wear and tear on the four group, but this is, it's it's a tough way to live right now. Just living in your own zone constantly, and then trying to have to counterpunch or just the, the sharks just lack any way to create offense on a sustainable level. So, um, and with other teams, right, the Kraken right now who are the worst. Like you, there's a I think a easier path for them because I think there is a deeper team, and I think they have more dynamic blue people on the blue line who can get the puck going, and again very small sample size from three games or two games right now. Um, but the trend of the sharks is living in their own zone. It is a very worrisome trend for, for going forward that even when they play lesser teams, they're not going to be able to sustain offense. And you're seeing some amazing play out of the goaltending. So we'll, we'll discuss rooms for them to improve, right? Um, and we'll discuss some rooms for regression or areas of potential regression here in just one second. But need to talk to you guys about our good friends over at Fandle. And if you want to snap into the NFL uh, season, Fandle is America's number one sports book because right now new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you think about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Um, if Christian McCaffrey is suiting up for the 49ers, just bet on Christian McCaffrey to score touchdown because Christian McCaffrey just scores touchdowns. Uh, I don't. It's, it's free money. Just keep betting Christian McCaffrey to score touchdowns until he stops. And even if he does uh, stop, keep doing it again because he's going to continue to score touchdowns. So uh, visit Fandle.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fandle official partner of the NFL. All right. So let's look at some areas of potential improvement. We kind of touched on it a little bit. And one thing is the Ford group, and there's been a lot of mixing and matching, but you are missing one, you're missing probably your second or third best forward. Um, you could argue in Logan Couture, right? Um, who has not played at all. He came into training camp with an injury. I think he started to skate a little bit here. Um, we'll see when he's available. Uh, it'll be telling if he goes on the road trip, right? The Sharks are going to be after this Bruins game. Uh, they kick off a very long East Coast trip where they will not be back home until the beginning of November. So, if he goes on the road trip, there's a chance he might play. If not, um, you're probably not going to see him back until the season starts in uh, until they get back in, in November, which so then you're losing a month. Right. Uh, Mikel Granlin, who's another important piece down your middle uh, is probably, you know, your three C. 
he's been gone and you've been having to kind of rely on guys like Jacob Peterson. Uh, looks like we might see Luke Cunning at th- in th- the three C spot. Like it's been kind of a rotating position now that is we've seen for the past couple of years, that three C spot. Um, both those guys are big offensive pieces for you. And especially a guy like Logan Couture, who's a big defensive piece for you um, who can help kind of shut down the defense and help maintain offense. So yes, once you get those guys back, maybe guys start to slide in a little, little bit more, right? You're not having to ask guys like Thomas Bortolo, uh, who's a young dynamic player, but still a young player to kind of lift the offense here. Um, you can ask some veteran guys to kind of, you know, fill in where they're supposed to fill in and guys are going to slot in much better. Um, so that's definitely a room for improvement. Um, five on five play. If you can get some of these guys back, especially guy. And it's another big thing too, is the veterans, the veterans haven't done much, right? We talked about on yesterday's show after the, the Canes game is, how much the young players have been contributing. And we haven't really seen much from Hoffman. We haven't really seen much from Duclair. Barrett Banoff has been very, very quiet this season as well. Um, if these guys can start contributing a little bit more, uh, maybe again, seeing Coach Hor and Barrett Banoff, we know how well those two guys work together. Uh, maybe I think Barrett Banoff might be getting bumped up a little bit here to play with Hurdle. Uh, looks like for the, the Bruins game, like, maybe trying to get some of these younger guys or some of these veterans involved a little bit more where they can help sustain offense. And again, you're not asking younger players like Eklund and Bordalo. And I know Zadina has been playing for, you know, he's got five years in the NHL now, but like asking some of these younger guys to kind of carry the load, you know, that, that these veteran, that's the whole thing with my careers, right? You're having a lot of these veteran guys who can help the young guys before they're ready. Well, the young guys have been contributing the veterans haven't been pulling their weight so far. Um, so you can see like the path for improvement. Uh, the veterans start clicking. You start getting guys healthy again. Um, like once the system we saw last year, how long it took almost a month, right? For, for the Sharks to kind of get into the groove of things before the offense started clicking. Um, and then we saw in October or November last year, the offense was really, really good. Um, granted, they had Eric Carlson and Timo Meyer, uh, but this is a much deeper offense. We've talked about all offseason right there. The forward line, there's much, much deeper. Um, so there is a chance for, for things to, again, one and two, the schedule, right? Uh, once you start stop playing the best teams ever, apparently, because the Sharks are going to play the four division winners uh, start the season. And yes, they go on a grueling road trip here on the East Coast. But like you, once you kind of settle in, you get back home, um, the schedule does soften up a little bit here in November, uh, where you can actually see some potential winnable games or at least games where you're going to be able to compete, I think. And it's going to be more evenly matched when you're not playing uh, literally some of the like you could these four teams here, right? You could picture all of them playing for the Stanley cup um, uh, this, this season. Like it's not a, a stretch to think that the, either the Vegas, either Colorado, uh, the Canes or the Bruins, maybe the Bruins a little bit, but like still, it's not like a huge stretch for these guys to be playing. So uh, for the Stanley cup, these are some of the best of the best in the NHL and the sharks are literally the worst team in the NHL right now. So um, is Ruve, for reason for improvement and 
the young guys, right? They're going to get better. Um, we've seen Ekman start to stack some games here. Um, Phillips Adina has been what we've, you know, has been more than what we've expected so far with him. Zetterlin has started, looks like he's starting to kind of see things click. Um, I know Henry Thrun we'll talk about in the third segment. Um, you know, once he kind of gets his feet under him in the Barracuda, coming back up or Shakir Mukumadulan, if he makes his impact at some point. You can see some of these young guys getting better and better as the season goes on because they just play more games and get more reps and learn those kind of little tricks of the trade. So a um, couple of things to be worried about there for regression. I think you have to start with the goaltending, right? Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood has been outstanding, outstanding so far this year. Um, 925 save percentage in two games, and he's seen 94 shots on goal. Um, that is uh, that is. Second most, uh, sorry, the sorry, the third most, third most. Um, and he's only played two games. <laughs> that's that's a lot to ask your goaltender to kind of have to night in, night out. And Mackenzie Blackwood's been amazing so far this year. I don't know, that's not a sustainable pace for a guy who has struggled with injuries to continue to see that type of workload. Um, and you expect him to start to kind of come back to the pack here a little bit as as more shots and more games and we start to get to back-to-backs and all that fun stuff. Um, right? That That's a big reason for... I think right there, that's your big reason for a regression is maybe the offense gets better, but I don't think it's sustainable to or realistic to think that Mackenzie Blackwood can play at like a 925, 930 save percentage for the entire year, especially for a team that's been giving up um, a million shots a game. And don't check me on that, but it is literally a million shots a game. Um, so that's a big room for regression right there. And I think another potential is you're going to start to lose some pieces, whether it's through injury, right? I mean, I know we are dealing with some injuries with Couture and Granlin, but then, you know, what if some of the blue line pieces start to get hurt, right? This blue line isn't a bunch of spring chickens out there. Plastic who's been kind of day to day, um, you know, what a burrow or Benning or Ruda, like Mario Ferraro too, like he blocks a lot of shots then you got to start asking some of these guys to kind of commit and do a little bit more. Um, you start trading off pieces, right? If you trade off bear Banoff and Hoffman and Duclair, um, yes, further down the road, but like you, you're going to start to see some, we saw last year, right? When you started asking, having to see some of these young guys, yes, they can produce and, and stuff. But again, that night in night out, having these young guys try to just kind of stack those games. It's a lot to ask for. So um, overall right now, I think the sharks are firmly the worst team in the NHL and that's okay. Right. Big picture goals here. Uh, trying to set the foundation for long-term success. And the best way to set the foundation is to acquire the best possible draft pick as possible and pick high in the draft for this year and maybe the next couple seasons. And yes, it's a long road, but look, that's how you build. You can build three ways, right? You can draft, draft and develop. Um, you can sign guys in free agency or you can trade for guys. And the easiest way to build long-term sustainability is by drafting and developing because you can have these guys for much longer in see them in their kind of peaks in their like 
it's just the the, mo- the easiest way to do it. So, um, so yeah, we're gonna get into Henry Thrun here in just uh, one second, guys. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. A lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared, uh, especially living in here in California, right? You never know when an earthquake's going to hit. Um, we're getting hurricanes apparently, and in, in, on the Pacific coast, like you never know when something is going to hit. Um, any issue like this can lead to supply chain shortages, especially for medication or the inability to get medications in a timely manner. That's where the Jace case comes in. It's a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. The great thing about it is you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Right? If you have a special medication, um, you need something that just for you, the Jace case, they can offer you customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. They're continually working to expand their medication offerings in recent efforts. Uh, so keep it. If they don't have your medicine now, keep a lookout. They're always adding new stuff. And you can buy a gift card for a family or loved ones. So that way they can get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at jasemedical.com. All right, let's end with Henry Thren getting uh, sent down to the Barracuda. And it's, yes, it is disappointing to see Grand Admiral Thrun, uh, you know, with the demotion here. I get what's, I don't know, I guess it's just Admiral Thrun below Grand. But anyway, um, disappointing, yes. But in the long run, this is probably going to be the best for him. And we, we've we heard this piece from Mike Greer basically since day one, right? You want these young guys ready to not just take any jobs, NHL jobs, but have sustainable success, right? And Thrun has kind of looked a little bit lost out there at times. And that's okay. Remember, he's played, what, 10 NHL games right now? It's going to happen. And especially making that jump from NCAA to straight to the NHL, it's going to happen. Um, I'm assuming this means we're either going to get Vlasic back, um, Redeem Sh- Vlasic, who's been out day to day, right? But you could have Redeem Shimmick or Nikita Ahochak, who've both been skating and practicing. I think Ahochak's been practicing or at least wearing kind of the normal jersey. Um, so wouldn't be surprised if we get one of these guys back here really soon. And with Henry Thrun being waivers exempt, um, it's fine. He can go down and play in the Barracuda right now. Um, they have a three games against Henderson coming up uh, this weekend. And then I think on two games this weekend and then one next Wednesday. Um, so it's going to be able to give him a chance to kind of reset a little bit. Um, I assume he'll probably play with a guy like Shakir Mukamadoulin. Uh, both these guys are long-term pieces to the Sharks future, right? Like uh, this, this isn't the end of the world for him. And um I think for guy, I think for him, it'll be kind of a nice like breathe moment, right? Just breathe for a couple minutes, get your feet, figure out your game again. Um, and again, the schedule is going to soften up. So uh, at some point, you're not going to be playing the like the toughest teams in the NHL. So um, I'm excited to see what Thrun can do on the CUDA. Um, the CUDA looked, especially in that Saturday game, I thought they had a really, really good performance. 
um you know this this is a good opportunity for him to kind of remind like oh yes this is what i can do um i can be a good defense like good stay-at-home defenseman i can provide some offense and i think having him partnered again I don't know who he's going to partner with, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's partnered with Shakir Mukumadulin. One of those guys might have to play on their offhand, but it's fine. They'll figure it out. So they're they're smart players. Both those guys are smart players who they'll figure it out. So, um, yeah, I'm not worried about throwing. It'll be interesting to see who I assume Jan Rudo will take the power play because uh, since Thrun was running power play too, um, I assume Rudo, who we saw do that when Thren sat the other night, I assume that's going to be the guy. <sighs> that's my my thoughts on Jan Rudo running power play too. Um, I talked about yesterday, maybe having a guy, you know, maybe using power play one with the defenseman. Who knows? Uh, yeah, this power play is going to be chaos for for the year at least until thrun and or and or mukamadulin are able to kind of come up and secure their their kind of position um on the sharks going forward but um it's fine henry thrun i think it's going to give him a chance to kind of catch his breath and and figure things out and he looks great during the preseason um I think it was just a bad couple games against some tough teams. And right now the Sharks are, you know, I think that's what they're kind of using the beginning of this season to kind of figure out where some of these young guys, young defensemen are at and which ones need a little bit more seasoning. Um, and then when Henry Thrun does come up again, I wouldn't be surprised if Henry Thrun comes up again and then that's it. He's he's up there because I just I think he's going to be a good defenseman uh, for the Sharks for years to come. I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. He has the all the makings of a thousand game player because I think he's just going to be a quality defenseman, he's a good third or fourth defenseman on on a team, especially once he um, continues to mature and kind of figure out his game. So. Um, no reservations about this. Uh, we kind of knew it was probably coming, especially when some of the other guys get healthy, uh, unless Henry Thrun really kind of blew blew the, the, the doors off the car uh, to start the season, and he didn't. So um, that's fine. That's just going to make the Barracuda team even better. Like this Barracuda team is going to be really fun. So, um, you know. If we can, if they can win two out of three or sweep Henderson in these three games, gonna be feeling really, really good about the Barracuda season where they're gonna be heading. So, uh, especially after playing a really tough Rockford team. So, um, but yeah, I'm curious to see if uh, uh, a I want to kind of we we've heard he's kind of been the mystery man, right? Uh, especially coming over with the injury, he's a little bit of him in the preseason, but he's been kind of still dealing with that injury. Um, Everyone says he's he's a good defensive defenseman. I uh, wonder if we'll see him. I wonder if we see Ty Emerson finally make his NHL debut. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how David Quinn continues to navigate this defense group as you try to f- put something together to help one Blackwood and help create some offense. So um, plenty of, well, I'm sure we will be discussing the defense on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Sharks uh, because they're going to be playing the Bruins tonight and we're going to kind of find out, I think, a lot more about this team as getting more information, more data, um, and seeing seeing where this team can go. So um, that's going to be it for me today. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow to discuss uh, the Sharks-Bruins game. Um, then next week, 
are trying to get an interview together. So keep an eye out for that. Working on that right now. Um, so go make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can subscribe on YouTube as well. Um, you can also uh, follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole. Until tomorrow. Bye, friends.